Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to You've Got Five Pages to Tell Me It's Good, where I grab a new release from my local library to see if this piece of fiction can indeed, in five pages, tell me it's good. So this one I actually grabbed more so because of the blurb than the actual title or color cover art or anything else. Um, the book is called The Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell. But when I saw Janet Ivanovich blurbed, this delicious combination of Clue and the Great British Bake Off kept me turning the pages all night. I just thought, oh, Clue? But in a baking competition setting? That could be fun. But Clue! So yes, I, I thought, okay, let's grab it. Let's find out. And... um this does seem to have a lot of kudos for it but i want to see if it starts off on a strong footing as it were uh so the golden spoon by jessa maxwell has a prologue consarn it but all right we'll just have to make do and it looks like we i'm just kind of flipping forward without reading i see chapters are done by points of view which means there's going to be head hopping as it were from perspective to perspective now that's not necessarily a bad thing uh you know being able to get different insights different pieces of the big picture a little at a time can make for some really compelling pacing can make for um a lot of extra layers to the mystery because you the reader need to be putting together the things that other people saw so you can see that complete picture <clears throat> um but too much head hopping can definitely be a detriment and i mean even masters like that's one of my biggest problems with agatha christie's hercule poirot's christmas i mean the the head hopping is just very mundane and everybody sounds the same i mean i've seen that happen with some other authors too where the, apparently they change perspectives but the voice sounds the exact same when writing so it, that makes it impossible to keep track of whose head you're in so it, it's a challenge to have those multiple perspectives so i'm intrigued to see if jessa maxwell pulls it off i don't think we're gonna get too any head hopping in just the opening pages though but that's just something to keep in mind. If you're not keen on constantly changing characters for your narrators, uh, I'm not sure if this will be for you. But maybe it's wonderfully done. I don't know. Let's see what the prologue shows us. So The Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell. And the prologue is from the perspective of Betsy. Betsy presses her cell phone to her ear, trying to hear. The wind and the rain howl at the windows, rattling the glass. We're stuck out here. We won't be able to come back for a while. Melanie's voice crackles with static. This weather has taken down a bunch of trees. We're waiting for emergency services to get them out of the road, but there's no sign of them yet. We won't be. You're cut off from Grafton? Betsy can feel the panic rising in her chest. The whole crew has already left for the day, packing up quickly and going into town to avoid driving in the storm. And now it's just her and Archie and the contestants alone in the manor. The thought fills her with dread. She shudders and pulls her thin cashmere sweater closer around her. What? 
The line keeps cutting out. Someone is going to have to go on, go check on the tent. There's a ton of camera equipment out there. I know the tech stuff isn't your domain, but could you just go outside and make sure the flaps are sealed? I am just praying that tent is sturdy enough to make it through the storm. They're saying it's going to get worse tonight before it gets better. I'm sorry to ask you, but there's no one else. I tried calling Archie, but he didn't pick up. Maybe you could. I'll do it, Betsy snaps. There is no way she's going to ask anything of that man after what he's done. But this is really unacceptable. She feels a surge of anger as she hangs up. In the ten years she has been the host of Bake Week, she has never had to do any of the grunt work. Checking on the tent in the dark in the middle of a torrential downpour is not in her job description. She takes a deep breath. It was partly her fault, she realizes, for making the crew stay in town. She could never bear the thought of them traipsing through Grafton Manor with all their equipment and dirty shoes. There's a flash of lightning at the window, followed by a violent bang of thunder. Betsy goes into her walk-in closet and reaches for her father's heavy yellow rain jacket. As she slides her arms into it, she's disappointed to find it no longer smells of his cigars, only of the slightly mildewy musk that comes with neglect. It's a smell and a state she is constantly battling at Grafton Manor. She feels a pang of guilt. Richard Grafton would be devastated to see this place so down at the heels. He was always devoted to the manor. He'd found a way to keep it going, no matter the cost. She sighs, stretching to get an old metal flashlight off the shelf. I'm just going to pause for a second here. So we have already a sense of one of these characters, as well as a sense of what's going on. So... It was a dark and stormy night, right? <laughs> so without saying it. Um, but we have a sense of a little bit of sense of class, like Betsy, who hosts this event, which can make it sound like she would be a worker, but apparently she's not. She's very much this is her home, and she wouldn't think of having the crew traipsing around with their muddy shoes on. How dare they? So she's still very much a us over them type of person and the fact that she would have to do as she put it grunt work even though it's just checking to see a tent is closed in the rain you know that's that to her already feels very beneath her and yet here you know clearly her her state of living is not so much different than everyone else around her because yes she lives in grafton manor um but as she's pointing out, it's the Grafton Manor is falling apart. Everything is just mildew and, and neglect, as she put it. And it's just, it's it's not going to hold on much longer. Her father would have figured out a way to keep it going. And it sounds like that's what she has done here. If she's hosting this baking show at her manor, that must be some way of keeping it going. But it's not good enough to her because she's now just one of the members of a show as opposed to a lady of the manor as it were well let's see if she can handle her grunt work back to it betsy makes her way through the corridor and out into the main stairwell rain taps frantically on the two floor to on the two floor to ceiling windows in the foyer she hurries down the steps to the front door already feeling vulnerable she pulls her hood up and forces the heavy wood door open, struggling against the wind. The tent is only ten feet away at most, but the rain is so heavy it appears as a white blur. 
She steals herself and steps outside. The wind drives the rain sideways, nearly blinding her as she descends the front steps, flanked by two stone lions. Their heads rest wearily and their crossed paws as if they've given in to the storm. She crosses the short patch of gravel drive to the lawn, the rain pelting her in sheets. As soon as her feet her feet hit the lawn, the heel of her right shoe descends into the fresh sod. It sticks there, making her nearly lose her balance. She hops on one foot, pulling the shoe up from the mud with a sucking sound and shoving her wet foot back inside. She is already drenched. She angrily anticipates the cleanup they'll have to do before filming resumes. It will delay everything. It will cost money. Lots of it. The season is turning into a horrible mess. Their chemistry is lacking. That's what the Post wrote recently after the footage from the first day was leaked. It was under the headline, What Will Happen to Bake Week? As if somehow the press believes that the problem is both of them. No one ever complained about her chemistry before he got here. There was no problem with anything until he got here. Angrily, she pulls open the flap at the back of the tent, switching on her flashlight. The rain hits the tent in noisy bursts, drumming at the peaked canvas ceiling. She sweeps the flashlight around the open space. Each table is immaculately arranged, as is usual after the crew cleans them at the end of the day, before the bakers will return in the early morning to dirty every surface imaginable with dustings of flour and gobs of dough. Now every stand mixer is perfectly aligned with the next, each carefully arranged colander is of baking utensils on display. It's an optimistic scene of pastel colors and light woods, one that lends itself well to the show's folksy niceness. And generally, it's true that the bakers, chosen and vetted to within an inch of their lives, are also nice. Betsy makes sure of it. Some of them can be a bit curmudgeonly, but they try so hard, and they want so desperately to be perfect, to win. So you have to give them that. Betsy knows she hasn't ever had to work so hard as some of them. This group is no different. Sure, there have been challenges. Certainly hasn't been easy this time around. There's another crack of lightning, a violent bang as it connects to something nearby. Betsy shudders and makes her way up to the bank of cameras on the right. They look secure enough, and the ground around them is dry. She swings the flashlight around the tent one last time, ready to go back inside and warm warm herself up with a glass of port, to try to forget today ever happened. But then she notices something at the front of the tent. There's an object sitting on the judging table. She trains the flashlight on it, approaching slowly. It looks like a cake. Someone must have left it there from today's baking challenge, which is odd. Usually everything is cleaned up after filming. As she moves forward, she can see that it's already baked, a slice cleaved neatly from it. Cherry red lid liquid dribbles from the stand down the back of the table where it mingles with a deep puddle of water. The terrain has found its way inside. She steps closer, her heart sinking. A mess this big will cause a delay in filming. It will be expensive and taxing. A drop of water lands on her face and she jumps. She reaches her hand up to wipe it away. The liquid feels smooth and slippery. Reaching her fingers in the beam of light, she is shocked to find they are streaked with bright red. It feels like... She turns her flashlight up. Its spotlight trails into the peaked roof of the tent until it stops on something. Before her eyes even make sense of the horror above her, she starts to scream. Now that's 
not quite the end of I think this this is we still have more prologue. We have a part two of prologue. I <laughs> I guess we have to keep going. Now the, the interesting thing here is that we are now going to go back in time to two weeks ago. And it looks like it's a little blip of news release because it's the news release of the contestants for this bake week. I see someone's supposed to be from Minnesota, so I immediately am wondering if they got the Midwest right here. Anyway. <laughs> um, so when it comes to we're definitely following a bit of a trope here where you have a uh, quite the cliffhanger of a prologue before things slow down with a first chapter. I've never been a fan of that. I mean, but this is a good prologue. It's very well paced and we got a good balance of backstory and present action in those opening pages. I'm going to give Jessa Maxwell all the kudos on that because we have a sense of what's going on. We have already a sense of something is amiss when, as far as conflict with this Archie person. And we already have a sense of Betsy's desperation in trying to make this work because her home is essentially on the line with making sure that this show continues. And um, even though she may not like having to do grunt work, she's clearly willing to do it if it may means her home and this show keep going. But obviously something happened. I would assume a dead body of sorts, but you don't know. We don't know. Uh, anyway, so we still have more prologue, so we might as well at least find out what these contestants are like um, and see if these little snippets for a newspaper can give us a clue about the kinds of characters we're about to encounter in actual chapters. So, as I was saying, this second part of the prologue reads, Two weeks ago, for immediate release, Grafton, Vermont. Flixer streaming service announces they are beginning to film season 10 of the hit show Bake Week. The beloved baking show, which captured the world's hearts a decade ago, has upped the ante this season for its 10th anniversary with a new co-host at the front of the tent. Veteran judge and show creator Betsy Martin is slated to return, but this year she'll be joined by award-winning baker and cutting board host Archie Morris. This is the first time in the show's history that Betsy has shared the tent with another host. Filming will once again take place on the grounds of Betsy Martin's family estate in the mountains of northern Vermont. Six home bakers will descend on Grafton Manor on June 5th to compete for the title of America's Best Baker. They will compete from Monday to Friday in a series of five intensive day-long competitions, leading to a showdown between the final two bakers on Friday. The winner of Bake Week will receive a contract for their own baking-focused cookbook published by the five published with Flying Fork Press, a division of Magnus Books, the preeminent cookbook publisher in America. Most importantly, the winner will take home the coveted Golden Spoon Trophy and the title of America's Best Home Baker. We are ready to announce the identities of the six bakers who have been hand-selected from over 10,000 eager applicants. They are all excellent bakers at home, but we are eager to see how they do in the tent. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Got a little radio DJ here right up now. Da, 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 da. But uh, so already we can, we have at least one question answered that this Archie person is a new addition, not someone Betsy wanted. And that he's had his own cooking show. So here we go. We've got definitely a little conflict for and power struggle. Okay. So let's see who else is here. Stella Velasquez. I am so bad with names. Stella Velasquez. Why am I so bad with names? I am awful with names. Just assume every name I pronounce here will not be pronounced correctly. Okay. A former journalist for the Republic, Stella lives in Brooklyn, New York. After challenging herself to master the art of baking in just under a year, Stella is the competition's most inexperienced contestant, though her skill level is that of a much more seasoned baker. She prefers cakes above all other bakes and adores baking and decorating them for friends in, the New in New York. Stella loves all things Bake Week and credits the show and Betsy Martin with helping her through many hard times in her life. It's an honor of a lifetime to compete in Bake Week in spite of being such a newbie, but meeting my hero Betsy Martin will be an accomplishment all on its own. Hannah Saverson hails from Eden Lake, Minnesota. She is the pride and joy of the local diner, Polly's, where she has worked as a baker and server since she was 15 years old. Her innovative pie recipes have made her into a local legend. A bit of a prodigy at 21, Hannah is the second youngest contestant in the history of Bake Week, a testament to her, young, her dedication to baking. When she is not causing a stir with her pies at Polly's Diner, she likes to test out her recipes for breads and desserts on her family and neighbors, especially her boyfriend, Ben. Baking is everything to me. I can't wait to show the world what I'm made of. Gerald Baptiste is a Bronx, New York native whose day job is, a, is as a math teacher for advanced high school students. He spends his spare time sourcing new ingredients for his highly scientific bakes. As a result, Gerald has formed close ties with local grain farmers whom he often visits upstate. When he can, he likes to hand grind his own flowers, as well as make his own essences and extracts from scratch. Baking, very much like life, is about formulating the best possible outcome with the variables you are given. Oh my goodness. Entrepreneur Pradyumna Das is the creator and former CEO of the company Spacer an app that identifies pre free parking spaces across urban areas. After selling his company, Pradyumna took to the more relaxing pastime of baking, which he does for friends, often entertaining at his Boston penthouse. His approach to baking is laid back, and he often improvises ingredients and techniques when whipping up his unique creations. This competition isn't about winning for me. It's about experiencing something new and pushing my boundaries to see what kind of baker and person I can become. Lottie Byrne is a retired registered nurse from Kingston, Rhode Island. In her spare time, Lottie loves to bake treats for her daughter, Molly. She has an impressive collection of mixing bowls decorating her cottage. Lottie was taught to bake by her mother, and she has been working on her recipes from a very young age. Her specialty is adapting traditional bakes with a contemporary edge. It has been my life's mission to compete on Bake Week. I cannot wait to show Betsy Martin what kind of baker I am. 
Peter Geller lives with his family in Woodsville, New Hampshire. He works in construction and specializes in the restoration of old buildings. When Peter isn't traveling the East Coast repairing molding and inlaid floors, he can be found in his favorite place, his family kitchen, baking delicious treats for his husband, Frederick, and their three-year-old daughter, Lulu. Recipes are like architecture. A combination of tested methods with personal elements is what makes a bake memorable. Oh, my Lanta. Okay. Well, that... Oh, my Lanta wasn't in there. But... I do appreciate in the second part of this prologue having these little paragraph breakdowns of our bakers. And in a sense, this is a great way to have your cast list broken down without having to just have a cast of characters page. We made them a part of the narrative. And uh, while, yeah, I'm still not a fan of the prologue, we definitely now have a sense of what these different characters and their voices should be like. And maybe even as a writer, that's not a bad exercise because it helps reset you and refresh you on how that particular character would be perceiving a situation or a setting and how they would speak with another character. So having those little snippets, a little bit of their quotes a little bit of how they describe things that's a great way to just establish it for yourself as a writer as well as giving readers a clear sense of who is who well i think this looks like fun it definitely does feel like a game of <laughs> already because we have these very different types of characters all coming together in a manor house and there's bound to be some you know Murder and Mayhem going on. So I'm excited. I think this sounds like it'll be a fun summer read. Um, that and I'm horrible at baking. So I want to see what other people, when they get hoity-toity about baking, I laugh and laugh. And yet I want to see what they do. <laughs> so anyway, we'll see if I find something a little darker or equally quirky next time. Until then, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>